Misha from His Merry Men. How are you doing, sir? I'm very merry, thank you, Ben. <laughs> so when doing a bit of research on you, the first thing was, well, Misha. That's a name that I've never heard before, just generally. Yeah, it's a strange one for sure. Um, I used to get uh, mildly bullied at school for having a, a female name, a girl's name. Uh, but no, it's um, it, it's essentially my father's called Michael. Um, they didn't want to call me Michael Junior, uh, so they went with a, a alternative. Uh, it's not quite a biblical name. I think it's a it's a Hebrew name, um, uh, but it's also a Russian Orthodox name and it's also a Sanskrit name. Uh, and if you say them in various different ways, some people can't pronounce my name. By the way, Ben, you did excellently at pronouncing Misha, uh, which means the gift of happiness. Uh, but if you said Mishka, um, that would be the gift of joy. Uh, and you can also say Miska, which is the gift of God, I believe. Uh, it's one of the ways around. But uh, yeah, so um, that's where the name came from. Purely another version of Michael. Well, it does help that I've seen you guys live. So it does help with the sort of name part of it. And it does help considering that it works very well with Mary and men. So, so it's actually worked quite well in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's an alliteration there. And, um, and of course, uh, we've gone from the Robin Hood sort of uh, story of taking from the rich back to everyone else. But, um, but of course, we do have lots of uh, female influence within the band. So we also are AKA the Merry Many. Yeah, as I've seen on our emails back and forth, instead of cheers or my regard, it's always Merry Best, which is something that I've never seen before. But it's actually <laughs> quite nice to end an email, which is usually quite bog standard, like kind regards, blah, 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 blah. And ending it quite a nice note. So I guess the best thing to do would be take it back to the very beginning and sort of let you tell me how the band came together, how it all happened. Away you go. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, I started off as a solo performer and actually played my first ever gig when I was about 25 uh, at an open mic night at Chaplin's in Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, Andy Stock, used to run those. Uh, well, he's now a good friend. I didn't know him at the time. Um, I always said to my other best friend, look, if I'm not singing by the time I'm 25, I'm just going to give up on the dream of being a, a performer in that way. Um, so, uh, yeah, he forced me out. I'm very nervous. I broke a string straight away. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, it was really one of those. It was horrendous. Uh, shaky hands. We've all done it. Yes. And, um, yeah, but then... Uh, I found it very hard to get the crowd dancing and to really get, you know, you can do the singer songwriter stuff, but if you want to play the festivals in the evening weekend slot, um, you need something a bit more upbeat. And yeah. so I decided to start a band. And what I found was uh, there's so many talented musicians, but all of those talented musicians are either in multiple bands already or singer songwriters and performers on tour in their own right you know, from your Chris Paynes mm -hmm. to Cy Gennaro's, yeah. etc. And uh, it was very hard to keep that same solid lineup and level of commitment. So I decided, I sort of already wanted to do this in a way, but create a collective uh, where we'd have differing lineups, more or less every gig. Uh, I don't know <laughs> the actual statistic. I will have to go through our, our gig list going back almost to 2010 now, believe it or not. Uh, but I'm going to guess there's been way over 100 different lineup combinations from the 48 uh, collective that we are now. So 
that, that was sort of the premise really and um i thought it's lovely uh, also our slogan is one band infinite members and i think that goes with our ethos and ethics of community equality uh, and and being you know working together as one almost um through the power of music so uh, to, uh, to the point we have a merry bible uh, with all of our songs different uh, recordings we've got musical notation lyrics chord uh, chord sheets so anyone essentially if we were gigging in manchester could send out the bible to anyone listening in manchester who wanted to come on stage on trumpet mm. harp whatever mm. and um and have have them come on uh whatever your uh, creed uh color or race awesome well actually that leads me quite on because i saw that you are the only band that i've ever heard of with a mission statement oh as you mentioned uh, bring back community so getting musicians to join you on stage which as a musician myself, I've tried for years to join bands on stage just because I'm one of those people that when you have the performing itch, it just, it doesn't leave inspiring communities, uh, dancing and singing crowds. As I saw when I saw you guys live, there were people dancing all over the place with ribbons and promote good ethics, replanting trees and positive karma. So it takes your band very unique in the best way possible. Oh, no, it's very important. Uh, on that front, sorry to cut in. Yeah, it's, no, uh, um, you, I, I think music. Sh- <laughs> I know. I think music should be uh, uh, deliver a message. Uh, going all the way back to you know Bob Marley's the obvious one, uh, promoting peace and love. And uh, I find that too many acts in the modern age are about the fame and the glory. Uh, there's no particular message or maybe there is, but it's about, you know, sex or it's about something very mundane or, you know, being annoyed at other people or having a fallout. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I've written songs like that, but, uh, I really think music can really captivate people, get into the minds of people, um, and make a difference to society in a really, really big way. And that, that was really important. And, you know, we've had five releases this year and all of them have been, we don't make any money from anything. I mean, you don't typically as a musician anyway, but um, but they've they've raised money for five different local charities um, in, in, around the area. And, and that's vital, you know, to be able to do that is, I, I mean, we're not particularly well known in the scheme of things, you know, we're no Ed Sheeran or, uh, uh, Bob Marley even, um, but but when you get to that point, get to that podium, you're at a position of influence and and, and a role, role model as well. And um, I don't see that enough. I don't see people using their power and their influence in, in a way that can really do positive change. And certainly after you know a pandemic, there's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of people who are feeling down about what's happening in the world from the environment to controlling governments corrupt corporations and um there's little hope but you can deliver that hope by delivering a positive message okay so you guys started the band in 2010 right yes officially as a band okay and so how are your first gigs at a band any weird things happen any like crazy things happen or just regular gig to gig to gig to gig yeah i mean there's been some odd happenings uh obviously when you start out you're playing smaller venues uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I, 
I don't, I'm trying to think of an actually outright crazy thing that's happened, a specific funny story. Uh, uh, I mean, there's one time we were playing the Buckinghamshire University Freshers Ball and uh, we were accused of dealing drugs. Okay. And that was quite odd. Uh, they found some drugs in the local toilet, which was clearly uh, the local toilet, the, the venue toilet. Uh, it was clearly the students, but obviously being in a rock band, uh, they pointed the finger at us. <laughs> that was weird. Um, uh, yeah, we've had some funny ones where uh, the band have stitched me up on stage. Uh, they know I'm not a fan of you 2 uh, So they started playing without, uh, with or without you. Uh, that, that was a funny moment. And the whole, it was at the uh, Bournemouth uh, AUCB Freshers Ball. And um, the whole of the crowd were really into it. So they started singing along. And uh, so we had to play the whole song, and I was there with gritted teeth. Uh, that that was mildly amusing. Um, had Cy Gennaro. Uh, do you know Cy Gennaro? But yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> through a family friend. Yeah, I've had some great times with all those guys, and um, <laughs> yeah, Cy Gennaro uh, sent the whole PA system flying. He sort of, you know, he's very frenetic. Yeah, dancing about. Uh, did one little skip and dance almost like a ballerina over the front uh, monitor speaker but in doing that he took he tripped over a lead and sort of the whole thing just went flying down he did a few more pirouettes uh, and yeah before we knew it everyone was on the floor uh, that was an odd occasion um I, i'll tell you another one i in my early days i was playing at the cricketers in wimborne a solo and um there was a fag machine, a cigarette machine behind me. And um, it was a fairly sparse audience. But this guy came right up to me. I thought, oh, he's going to ask for Wonderwall or maybe even compliment, compliment me on our songs. Uh, he said, oh, in the middle of the song, this is. Excuse me, mate. Can you just move out of the way? I need to get some fags. It's like, oh, man, what the hell? Uh, we're playing the, uh, just one more, we're playing the Beer and Ale Festival down at Wareham. And uh, again, halfway for a song with the band, uh, this guy taps me on the shoulder. Uh, just when I'm not singing, I was like, I can help you. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be an emergency or something. And he's like, oh, can you just tell everyone the hot dog stand's closing outside? Uh, oh, blimey, O'Reilly, they're, they're, they're the gigs I, I'll forget for sure. So when did you guys realise that you were building a bit of momentum and getting the more known gigs like the festivals and playing at the more known buildings and that sort of thing? Yeah, certainly, um, I think 2018, 19 was a bit of a turning point. And we we're building up a lot of momentum, uh, touring with more well-known bands at bigger venues, uh, playing, you know, the Fire Station or um, playing like Boomtown Festival uh places like that um in fact just going back to your last question probably the maddest thing we've ever had is at boomtown fair first time playing there it was a, a big doesn't surprise me at all with boomtown no well it was mad madder than you think i mean we're playing for a start in a in a district called the whistler's green which my surname's western green so that was quite weird on a stage called the floating lotus we got on we got a rider um, we were about to literally walk on stage and then these burly men came running in. Everyone, get out now! And literally the whole, and this is a big old stage and marquee, there were 90 miles an hour winds, ripped up the big tent pegs, those big metal pegs, and the whole stage floated away 
we didn't get to play Boomtown that year. We were seconds away from playing Boomtown. It was our big moment oh. to really make a difference. Loads of our yeah. friends had come out to watch us. Um, and then the pandemic hit the next year. We were booked to, rebooked again, obviously. Couldn't play it because of the pandemic. So, um, but yeah, so that was a funny one. But yeah, in answer to your question, um, it was a pretty slow process to, you know, a slow rise. As I say, we're starting it's 12 years now. It's been a long old grind playing pubs and the odd wedding and smaller venues. But I think our songs just got better. Uh, my songwriting got better uh I, I i we got better musicians but that's no that's not fair i mean chris payne's been playing with us for eight years as a side Gennaro. so no that's probably not fair actually i think we started practicing more that 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 definitely made us sound more professional because because we're a collective in different areas of the country yeah it's quite hard to um sound really tight but um, I, I sort of bowled, I had weekly practices in the local Bournemouth area where most of the collective are in Dorset. So that really helped. But I think really it's just the songs. And over 12 years, you start to build up a following. Um, so it's easier to sell out gigs. Uh, we had a few sellouts and, and that really helped as well with promoters and that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, speaking of festivals, I've got a list of all the festivals that you've done this year, just this year alone. So... Teddy Rocks Festival, Pool Seafood Festival, Pool Harbour Festival, Boomtown Fair, Wimborne Folk Festival, Purbeck Valley Folk Festival, and you've done the O2 Academy Bournemouth and the Tivoli Theatre. And I've just put as a dash a mental summer. Yes. And obviously with Teddy Rocks, that's especially for down here, that's like one of the big ones. Yes. And with the Wimborne Folk Festival and the Purbeck Valley Folk Festival, your band is basically catered exactly to the Folk Festival audience. And obviously with Boomtown, I did do some YouTube searching of you guys in general. And the first thing that came out was Boomtown. And from speaking to people that have gone to Boomtown for years and years, again, for down here, it's a massive festival. And I follow a group of guys on YouTube that spend their summer going to all these festivals. And, and their biggest requested festival of the entire year was going to Boomtown. It must feel good to be able to play a lot of these big festivals in just one year. Mm. It must feel good. It, it did feel good, actually, because it was the first year where we pretty much most gigs we played were big shows. And, um, you know, after years of playing, um, nothing wrong with pubs. You know, you've got to apply your trade there, but but it is a big step up. And um, just going back to Teddy Rocks, um, that's... Um, a slight, slightly different case because we actually run uh, the Merry Woodland stage at Teddy Rocks. So uh, that makes perfect sense with the stage name now. Yes, exactly that, and um, and that's a great opportunity for us to put on a lot of the bands within our collective and yeah. friends of the band, friend uh, bands we've supported around the UK. Um, so uh, uh, and and uh, quite on most of them, nearly all of them, in fact. Uh, actually play for free um, for the for the charity and we we as a band sponsor the stage so we pay for the lighting we pay for the stage we pay for the decor we pay for all the riders we pay for absolutely anything on that stage in that area to support the festival and, and sell tickets to raise money for children with cancer so definitely buy tickets anyone listening for um teddy rocks in 2023 isn't uh, the 2023 one their 10-year anniversary? Oh, you've caught me out there. It's pro it must be coming up to 10 years now. Yeah, pro yeah it is. I no, think it is. Because right. they've been managing to get a, a lot more big names for it. They've got East 17, which who would have thought they would be playing Festival in Dorset? 
I actually volunteered at Teddy Rocks in 2018, 2019. Brilliant. And that was my first foray into festivals in general. Yeah, and obviously COVID didn't help. And I was going to volunteer there last year, but for about two weeks after the festival, I was scheduled to fly to America for three months. And the last thing I wanted to do was basically do the festival, get COVID, (laughs) and then not be able to travel. And so I haven't actually been there since 2019 which does sound mad but 2023 i'm gonna go back absolutely yeah do it it's a great vibe it's, it's one of our favorite festivals uh regardless of these the our, our own sort of uh, invested interest so to speak in it um the vibe there is beautiful everyone's doing it for this cause it's all zero admin so so everyone's a volunteer no one's getting paid as you say and um, yeah, it's just wonderful, wonderful cause and high production as well for uh, a local festival or any festival of that size. I mean, it's a 5,000 strong festival, but, you know, it's got the high production values of Reading, Leeds, uh, Glastonbury and that sort of thing. Oh, it's, it's an awesome festival. I know. And it has fire on the main stage. What else do you need? <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as you said, uh, Previously, so you've released quite a number of albums and singles uh, just this year. And about a couple of weeks ago, you released two charity EPs, uh, Stop, Drop and Roll and Fain the Western. Is the Western part because of your double barrel name. You've got it. Exactly that. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I have had a brief uh, listen to it on your YouTube channel. And it's very you. Oh, thanks. If that makes any sense. It's very you. Yeah, I'll take that. That's a great compliment. It'd be rubbish if you said it was very Ed Sheeran or or even very you too. <laughs> to be completely honest, the only band that came to my head when I first saw you guys perform was a folk version of Mumford and Sons. Oh, thanks. If, if that that's makes a sense. Huge compliment. Yeah. That's, that's great. I, I'll take that <laughs> all day long. Just interrupting this episode to ask you a quick favour. If you like what you're listening to, give it a rating, leave a review, and subscribe to the podcast feed. It helps more than you could imagine. Now, back to the episode. Very much, the, they're two very different releases. Pain to Western being quite grungy, classic rock, rock, um, which is where I come from. I love Guns N' Roses and Nirvana. That's what I grew up on. Uh, but on the other side, I also grew up on Frank Turner, The Levelers. So uh, the other side, Stop, Drop and Roll, is very folky, skiffle. There's a bit of bossa nova in there. A lot of, we play a lot of reggae as well. Uh, obviously, Bob Marley's a huge influence. So uh, it was a great opportunity to get two very different records with different members of the Merry Many on it. Um, the Pain de Western, uh, the reason there's, it's meant sort of as French, like the pain of Western, not the bread of Western, um, panel Western. Uh, but uh, that was a shout out to Chris Payne, actually, who produced the album. And we did that over um, the sort of two years of the pandemic. And um, so to have my best mate and a musician I, and songwriter I look up to in a big way to actually help produce that and get what was out of my head onto a recording meant a lot. Whereas a Stop, Drop and Roll is a more traditional Merry Many album where the twists and turns quite often the magic of the band doing that uh so their influence on my songs essentially which i love just as much but so they're two very different uh pieces of art but um equally important uh and equally with strong messages as well and who designed your cover art because it's very intricately done 
Yeah, beautiful work from a close friend and saxophonist in the Merry Many, Eleanor Pascoe. Uh, the first one, Stop, Drop and Roll. I mean, the, the concept came from myself uh, in both cases, mm -hmm. but I can't draw at, to that level at all. So Ellie's <laughs> incredible at, at, at our art. She does a lot of our artwork, incidentally. Um, and and uh, we work together as well for our other businesses. So, um, yeah, she really encapsulated what what we wanted stop drop and roll being what happened over the pandemic it uh, stopped being the police and the rioting and all of that uh the uh, the drop being the dropping of people in the ambulance uh, and then roll being stop drop and roll in a fire because of the fires that we're seeing in america in uh, us and in australia and in fact in indonesia and malaysia as well i mean it was it was a horrendous year for climate change from that perspective Painter Western, the skull. Uh, there's actually a hidden Vesica Pisces, which is a type of sacred geometry uh, representing the goddess. Uh, it represents lots of things, actually, but um, sort of, and the roses coming out are sort of like rebirth and growth, uh, which also the Vesica Pisces can, can be meaningful for. Um, it's all to do with mental health, so the head meant a lot. It's also got a sneaky a unicorn and a lion which uh, I've got on my roof, on my thatch, which is um, going up to my wife, who's a unicorn. I'm a Leo. And uh, uh, so that was a bit of a shout out to that. So th there's a few hidden Easter eggs in, in that bit of work. But Ellie, going back to the point, she, she hand painted that uh, to be like the sort of, is it 18th century Dutch paintings that are very uh, macabre and bit, a bit like that. So um, yeah, sh she's an awesome artist. Go and check her out, Eleanor Pascoe Art. So I guess obviously you've had a mental year with some great stuff. So what are your plans, goals, anything you're looking forward to for 2023? Yeah, we've we've got some um, pretty cool gigs coming up, which I'm not allowed to disclose as of yet, just because when you get booked, you can't announce until they announce the, the main lineups. But so um, I can't say too much about them. Uh, but But one interesting thing is you will only catch us as a band once between now and May, because, well, that gig in May will be Teddy Rocks. And, uh, but the one gig we're playing, which I don't know if it's been announced, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, is a charity event for Extinction Rebellion and the BCP Council in collaboration, which is really nice, because uh, often they, they won't always go in collaboration. And that's at Pool uh, Hill Brewery. I, I forget the date. I think it's like mid-February, but it might be mid-March. But that's the only time you'll get to see the band in the next five months. And the reason being, well, there's a few reasons. First reason, I've got a backlog of songs. Stop, Drop and Roll and Pain to Western were written three, four years ago. So I've got four years of songs that I've written since, which I need to get down into recording. And if you're gigging as well, you just don't get time. I also run six, seven businesses, um, so uh, uh, including Transcend, which is a digital agency. We're ranked sixth in the country. Uh, we've gone from four employees to 12 employees in uh, six months, and we're employing another three in the first two months of next year as well. So uh, as managing director, I've got loads on there. We work with global clients, blue chips. Wow, um, okay. uh, this takes from the sort of, this is how uh, I can do so much for charity because the profits from those businesses also funnel to these charities. Uh, we give a lot of our profits to charities because I'd rather give them to charities than the government. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's that's what we do. I mean, I think we support 
over 30 different causes. By the way, when I say charities, we're not talking like UNICEF. We're not talking like the big ones. These are all grassroots, all zero admin. Everyone's a volunteer. Where I, where you know where the money goes down to the actual project on the ground or uh, whether that be a child in need, uh, Dorset Children's Foundation or uh, a child with cancer, uh, Teddy 20, Teddy Rocks's uh, parent charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, uh, that's why I just don't have time. I killed myself last year running these businesses and having a full year of gigs in the summer. As you said, we were playing three gigs a, a week in places and um, traveling around the country on tour with the undercover hippie. And, ah, oh, man, it was it was insane. I almost killed myself. I didn't have a day off, including weekends, really, at the odd Sunday, yeah. but um, pretty much didn't have a day off until late October um from christmas so that's that's seven days a week and I, and when i work i do 14 15 hour days in the week so yeah i i would i literally my wife and i almost killed ourselves and didn't have time to see family friends didn't see my parents all year which um you know i know a lot of people have lost their parents uh, in the last few years and so and my parents are old i'm lucky to have them so yeah, I just need some time out really to focus on myself, the band and the recordings rather than gigging and um, and yeah, and get our business up and running so I can step away a little bit from the business and focus on the music, which is my, my true passion. I guess because Misha and his merry men, a lot of the time stuff just sort of has to involve you because the way it is. But yeah, I can sympathise when it's anyone working on the day job and then also working on the dream and that sort of stuff. Most of the time, it is, it's almost impossible to find this, this happy medium. Yeah. And then obviously family, friends, life, just in general. So your first gig isn't till Teddy Rocks next year. Yeah, officially, as I say, there's the Paul, How- uh, Paul Hill Brewery. Uh... Uh, as we talk, I will try and sneakily find on my messages uh, what what date that is. Um, I've not seen it advertised yet, so it might be again similarly with um, uh, with a lot of these festivals. Perhaps it's not been announced yet, and I'm, I may not be able to to promote it. Although I'm, it's a charity event, so I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning it. Or it might be that it's not maybe not quite uh, confirmed uh, in writing yet. Uh, I. Uh, but yeah, I will try and I'll try and give you a firm date by the end of this call. So the name of this podcast is it's also reaching the crescendo. Obviously, everyone has different goals and and different ways they want to reach the top of, of whatever they want to nice. do, regardless of whether or not it'd be like just being able to again, as you said, work life balance or playing like the biggest festivals and selling out arenas and everything else. So what's like, the desire like crescendo of of Misha and his merry men? Uh, we've got huge aspirations, actually. Uh, uh, some would say crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, our, our end goal is to create a quality. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how we're going to do that through the whole world. I mean, you've got to start somewhere. This is why we do so much for charity. Um, so uh, in terms of like, actually, it doesn't, if we're playing arenas or Wembley or biggest festivals in the world, Burning Man Festival, whatever it is, Yes, all of those, if it means we can achieve our end goal, um, which is to create peace, equality, um, and bring back nature and harmony within nature. Um, so through restoring habitats and ecosystems, uh, rewilding, 
um, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and that does that links in with our other business uh, ethoses as well. All of them have that same overarching goal. Uh, it's 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 very hard in a capitalist society to to do that, and we're at a huge disadvantage in our generation because we're way behind. People who have had you know money handed down over many generations from billionaires and uh, big Silicon Valley tech and pharmaceutical companies that make trillions. Um, you know how how on earth do you overturn that without revolution? Um, uh, which again, I'm not one for war, so uh, it's is a tricky one. But um, in in simple terms, reach as many people as we can, uh, create a, a true merry many. Um, you know, millions of merry many who have the same ethos. I don't want to force anyone into um, our way of thinking at all, um, but but that would be the way to the point where we'd have enough influence and enough people behind us to actually change corrupt governments, change society for the better. Have a vote on it in a in a non-corrupt way. Like, how do you want the world to be? Um, it's not my decision. I've got my own views on how that could be done, but I'm not saying I'm right. Whereas governments across the world, are, 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 it's a dictatorship in many cases, or or just a general muck up. I've used an M there. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, mismanagement of funds, mismanagement of society for personal gains, and well, don't get me started. But uh, in, in a nice term, it would be great to continue growing as a band, reaching more people, playing bigger venues. And, um, and I love music. So, um, you know, actually, even if we don't change the world in a life-changing way that will be remembered for millennia, um, just to do music to as many people that will listen uh, will suit me fine. <laughs> That's my crescendo. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a good time for you to plug anything and everything that, that you need to and want to. Brilliant. Well, one thing I can do, I'm very good at plugging. <laughs> um, so firstly, I promised you that date for X Extinction Rebellion and BCP, that's the Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul Council. Uh, it's called Greenfest. Again, not the Western, but this is the green side of my name. <laughs> uh, so this Greenfest, uh, we're headlining, and that's the 18th of March at Paul Hill Brewery, which um, I might be wrong on this, but I think it's where the Winchester used to be in the Bournemouth Triangle. Apologies if I've got that wrong, but I think that's right. Um, so that's that's a good one. Obviously, Teddy Rocks uh, at the end of April uh, on the bank holiday, that early May bank holiday. Uh, again, get on down to that. Hell of a lineup. Great, great, great cause and a great vibe. Great music. Something for everyone. There's DJs, there's rock, there's alternative music on the Mary Woodman stage where we've got reggae, world, skiffle, uh, you've got everything basically. We've even got heavy metal, we've got rock, we've got some great acts there. And I guess uh, the best place... Jake Bug. And Jake Bug, yeah. They're literally everything. And E17 and the Vega Boys. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever floats your boat. But yeah, I, I guess the uh, the big one for us at the moment is uh, the two releases, the fundraising releases, Stop, Drop and Roll and Pain to Western. Uh, you can get probably the best place to pick us up on all platforms, whether that's Facebook, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc., is for our, what's called a Linktree URL, and that is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, i.e. Linktree, forward slash Misha and, spell and, not the ampersand, Misha and his merry men, which uh, Misha, for those listening, is M-I-S-C-H-A. So that's Link tree 
forward slash Misha and his merry men. And then you've got all our links. You've got the fundraiser links. You've got our Golden Days Bandcamp charity link, Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, Insta website uh, where you can get all of our gigs as well so um yeah i really i'd love everyone to follow us on spotify we've got um we've not got thousands uh, if thousands is a good start before we get to millions and um the final plug just be kind be uh, everyone listening just be kind to one another treat treat another person how you you would want to be treated if anyone's acting up generally there's a reason behind it so just always act out of kindness and love uh, I my belief is there is only really love in in humanity and spirit spiritual realms. So if you act out of love, um, the world will be a better place because you'll resonate it. The world will reflect love back at you, and um, we can maybe all be happy. Wonderful. Well, Misha, thank you ever so much for doing this. Thank you, Ben. You've been a wonderful host, and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I love talking about myself and the <laughs> band. So. Uh, yeah, it was a lovely way to finish Christmas and, uh, and uh, stay merry. I will try my very best and I will, will make sure that I link everything in the description of this audio version as well. I can't wait to hear it and, and we'll follow you and subscribe to your, your <laughs> Reaching the Crescendo podcast too. Thank you ever so much. My first one. Yes. Woohoo. Congratulations. And a, a true honour to be asked. It really is. Um, thank you so much, Ben. You're a wonderful person. And um, I wish you all the very best in 2023. I'll see you at the front of a gig uh, dancing with some ribbons. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much indeed. That was Misha and his Merry Men. <laughs>